Today it's just Josie and I, and we're going to be answering some of your questions that you sent us, and we're super excited. Yeah, so last month we um, we went into lockdown again, and we didn't have enough time to sort of figure something out, so thank you for your patience. We're excited to be back, and um, next month, now that things are starting to lift again, we'll be hoping to be back with another guest, mm-hmm. but we're excited to do this solo episode. Um, we also wanted to just take a second and say thank you so much for yes. listening so far to the podcast and for sharing your feedback with us. We've gotten so mm-hmm. many sweet messages and we love especially hearing all the things that you guys are learning or mm-hmm. seeing in life and just, um, yeah, the ways that it's kind of encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and that's so encouraging for us to hear and mm-hmm. we love it. So thank thanks so much for your support. Yes, thank you. Um, so for this episode, back in January, our Instagram followers asked us to do a solo episode. There was just a couple messages that people said they would be interested in that. And so here we are. We're going to do it. <laughs> so you guys sent us a couple questions. Um, this episode is going to be a bit too, uh, like a get to know your hosts. We are your hosts. We are your hosts. <laughs> yes, you might, you might have realized that we took out our pre-recorded intro. It was, it was time. We yeah. started listening to it and we mm. we've heard it too many times and it yes. just sounds a little so, forced. So new year, to... new year, new intro. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, back when we started the podcast, we did have a part of the intro where we said like we're your hosts, Josie and James. Yes. But when we recorded it, it came out really like really forced, like we are your hosts. <laughs> and so, anyways, this we've is our, been, we've this, been laughing about that. Yes, this will be our real intro without hopefully without the awkwardness that sounds like that. <laughs> Yes, so um, the questions that you sent in, we briefly glanced at them to, just to organize our thoughts and to organize the questions a little bit, um, but for the most part, we are going to be answering these in real time. It's not like we have our typed out answers for everyone, no. so yeah, we just wanted to, do, to know that. Let's do it. Okay, ready? Yes, so our first question, oh, and we're going to be answering them together. It's not like we're interviewing each other. It's just yes. kind of more of a conversation. Yeah. I think. Okay, so first question. Were you guys always super close? Hmm. I would say yes. Yeah, I would say overall for sure. Yes. I, when, like, I was born first, obviously, and when <laughs> Jamie came into the world, it was like, you are going to be my best friend, and you don't have a choice. <laughs> it's true. And um, I feel like it's kind of just been like that forever. <laughs> just, you know, just, yes. I, well, yeah, I think we have. I mean, I think of all those photos that we have when we were younger and I'm just like looking up at you adoringly and you read stories to me while I was brushing my teeth and yeah yeah I would say so there's definitely been times like ups and downs where like for sometimes mm-hmm. we weren't as close and then we sort of like figured out some stuff and then became yes. close again but <laughs> definitely overall I would say yeah yeah we'll be we'll be touching on that a little yeah. bit I think so as a general answer yes mm-hmm um, this is the next question. How do you communicate well as sisters going through different stages of life? Ooh. 
That's good. That's a timely question. Oh, honestly. Do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of funny because we probably would have done this episode a little bit earlier, like last month, but we actually were going through a little bit of a communication <laughs> breakdown, <laughs> and it just felt weird to do like a sisterhoody podcast when we weren't really talking very well. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a real thing that we understand, yes, I would say. But that's, that's good that you asked that, because now we have some fresh insight. Yes. So what do you think, Jane? What's, what's a good communication like through different stages of life that you learned, especially like lately from our lives kind of going through a, a new stage? Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, this sounds kind of simple, but I would say if you're feeling a little bit off or you're feeling a little bit distant, I would talk about it as soon as possible. Yeah. Because I think what I've learned, for myself at least, um, I wait too long. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have this nagging feeling, but then I don't address it soon enough because I feel like I don't know exactly what it is. And then I would feel, I'd feel bad coming to you and be like, I'm feeling weird, but I don't know why. But in reality, I think that's one of the best things that you can do. Because then even if you don't have all of your thoughts perfectly thought out, you don't you don't even know exactly what the other person is doing or what you're doing that's making you feel like that. But if you just address it, then you both know you're kind of like what you're feeling. At yeah. Least. And, and then you can, can figure it out together exactly. instead of just growing apart. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden finally being like, well, now I know exactly how I feel, but now we're so distant that I feel like I can't talk about it. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think we're both sort of people that like to have everything thought out before we say it which is why I'm so nervous about this podcast (laughs) anyways um I yeah so then I think we both do that where we're like oh like I can't say anything until I can exactly put my finger on Mm -hmm. what it is but I would say like it's yeah it's definitely more helpful to just say to just be honest about that but still say it like Mm -hmm. come to somebody and say I feel weird about like this I don't know exactly why Mm -hmm. but can we talk about it are, we, are you feeling the same way or is this just me? Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, like just kind of figure it out together instead of trying to figure it all out on your own before you talk to the other person. Yeah. I would say as well, like through the different stages of life, like I think those that's a natural part of relationships where when you go through a new stage, mm-hmm. then it's like, uh, like you're kind of shaken and you kind of have to like figure out again um, how do we do this? Because now mm-hmm. there's all these ex- external changes and your relationship never like stays the same. Mm-hmm. There's definitely things that are consistent. Yeah, but as much as you want it to, that's just not realistic. And sometimes that's hard to swallow. But it's yeah. just, it, you're going to change and your experience change and your surroundings change and your friends change. So obviously you're going to change and then you have to, yeah, reevaluate. Yeah, I think that kind of goes with the next question. Says, how do you girls stay so close? Sometimes I struggle with my relationship with my sister. So yeah, my heart goes out to the person mm-hmm. who asked this question because we know yeah, sorry to hear that. how painful that is. And it's kind of like we said, like it is true that we've always been close overall, but that doesn't mean that at mm-hmm. every stage of our life we've been as close as the last one. Yes. And sometimes it's sometimes a good step to staying close is by not putting this pressure on your relationship that you must Mm -hmm. be close at all times. Because that Mm -hmm. actually sometimes just feels unnatural or feels like you're pushed into something and then you actually sort of just pull away. Mm -hmm. So I think we've had that where 
we go through this new stage and we're like, Ugh, we actually need some space to like figure out these changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh no, like, what if we're not close? <laughs> and then you kind of just put this unfair pressure on the relationship to never look different or never have some space. Yes. And that doesn't make you closer. It actually makes you pull away because you yeah. feel this pressure and you're like, oh, I don't like that. That's, I like that you said that. Um, about being different because another thing that I think I've learned or we've learned Mm -hmm. that may be helpful for some of you is that like you are not the same person as your sister and you do not have to be Mm -hmm. and I think that's another unnecessary pressure that sometimes we felt or other relationships can feel that to be close you have to be the same be the same person and that's so far from the truth I think some of the most beautiful moments that we've had and after conversations that we've had, is that... And tears. And tears. <laughs> yes, many tears. Is that, like, you, yeah, beauty comes in diversity and, like, cheering each other on in what you're both passionate about. And sometimes it can be the same thing, which is beautiful because then you get to do it together and that's a party. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't have to be the same person to be close. And then um, you can just celebrate your differences yeah for sure I think it's like this is a short we're answering this in a short way like we could probably talk about (laughs) all the different things of relationships like for so long but yeah I think that the times that we felt the most uncomfortable is when like I think it goes both ways I can expect you um like I can put pressure on myself to be more like you Mm -hmm. and then I feel uncomfortable, but I can also put pressure on you to be more like me and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. So both of those ways aren't good. Like first you have to just be confident in who you are, not in like a way that's like, oh, I can never change or I can never come your way, but just Mm -hmm. kind of like owning the fact that like, this is kind of more how I work and this is more Mm -hmm. how I thrive or this works better for me. How I dress, like even just things as simple as what you wear. Or these are the books I like, or this is the music I like. Yes. And then, um, yeah, so being confident in who you you are so that you don't feel like you have to become the other person for them to, like, accept you or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then also extending the same grace to the other person where it's, like, yeah, like, I, the way that I would like to deal with a conflict is not always the way you would. And then me always being, like, well, when is she gonna do it the way I would do it? (laughs) And then it's just, like, not helpful to put that pressure on someone else either. Or, yeah, like, the smaller things, like, ugh, why does she listening to that kind of music like yeah. I would never li- and it's like well who cares like just you have to let each other be who each other is yeah there's definitely you need a lot of space for grace I think yeah and I think with that comes to sorry we're going on and on about like, <laughs> the sister question this is the art of sister <laughs> um no we were talking about this a little bit before just with the grace piece like you see a lot of each other oh yeah when you're sisters you you do and especially when you live together, I mean, we live together. You're moved out now, but um, when you live in the same house and just with family in general, you see so, so much. And it's different from friendship in that way where you don't, like you were saying, you don't go out for coffee and plan a two-hour time slot where you kind of come with all your things ready to say and you're more put together. Like you were saying, when you come home and someone's going through something, you see it right away. Yeah, you're sort of the front row person. Like, you have a different relationship than a friend because you're experiencing everything sort of in real time. Like when I come home upset about something, it's not my friend 
well, whatever, like there's phone calls and stuff, but generally Mm -hmm. it's not my friend who experiences me being grumpy about it Mm -hmm. or me being sad about it or me having to talk for two hours about it in order Mm -hmm. to process it. Usually my friend is the person who, after I've processed it, after I've stopped being so grumpy, then I call them and I'm like, hey, I need to update you on this thing that happened. But the person, the people in your family are the people who experience all of that real-time processy stuff. So I also yes. feel like as sisters, you have to also be aware of that and like just be prepared for that and be a little mm-hmm. bit extra patient because I know that we've had times where like you've had to listen to me talk about the same <laughs> issue so many times because every time I come home from that thing, I have to reprocess it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just different. Than a friendship that way you get a little bit more of a front row seat which is also what makes it so special yes so yeah i think that's for sisters and just siblings in general yeah totally. so if you don't have a sister maybe this could <laughs> yeah like to your brother for sure. or your parents but yes yeah or your partner like yep totally shall we move on i think so okay <laughs> most embarrassing <laughs> moment together embarrassing like there's lots of funny and I don't know about embarrassing though I don't know we're pretty embarrassing (laughs) everything we do um oh I have one (gasps) I just thought it was remember when we went to St. we went to St. Catharines one time and we did it was literally the middle of the day and we did karaoke do you remember that in that little like, dingy cafe, and oh we had both God. never done it, or I had never done it. Yeah, and, and there the was sound all these. Was like so bad. Like there was all you these. Couldn't hear yourself or the no. music. There was like these middle-aged ladies going up there and singing, and we're like, we got this. Like this crowd is yeah, really like so easy to please. Yeah. And we're like, we can sing for them. We get up there. No, that was pretty embarrassing. Oh. It was bad. It was like, it was so embarrassing that it was like, we got a, one verse in and I wanted to just run out of the room. Like, we're done here. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's, the, that's the one that, that's a really random oh, one. Oh yeah, that makes me, I'm blushing already now, like just talking I'm about it. Good. There's definitely some more. We'll think of some. We'll post some, some pictures yeah, on the Instagram. Alright, next. Um, okay, next question is, what cars do you both drive? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I like this question. Yeah. We love our cars. We do. You can go first. I drive a gray Honda Civic. Her name is Frankie. We have Short been... form for Frank and nah, Civic. I like to just call her Frankie. <laughs> because it's so patched together. It has zip ties and oh everything. Yeah, if you see me driving down the highway. My, my mom used to own the car before me. And so she... This is more of an embarrassing story for her because she like backed into a stop sign or something and there's a massive hole in that the car. That car has been through a lot. We have been through a lot together. Yes. Um, what car do you drive? So I, right now, share a car with my husband, which is a Chevy Cruze. It's kind of bougie, to be it's honest. Fancy. It's really nice. It's very fancy. Um, but my actual car that goes on the road for the summertime is a Saturn Ion. With the eye missing. It's, well, no, I have an eye now, 
actually. Oh, you replaced it? For a while it was just an on, but now it a has it on again. And uh, it's a standard, which is my fave. I miss it a lot. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Why do you stand, people who drive stick think that's like the biggest flex. It is, kind of. Why but it, also, it's just really fun. Like, why do you... I feel like people who drive standard cars just look down their noses at no. people who drive automatic. It's true. I don't think... I wouldn't say I look down my nose. It's just something I'm proud of. Like, I'm happy that I know how to do it. And right. I enjoy it. Like, I miss driving it a lot. And my car is so old, it has roll-down windows, which I also think is pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah, I miss my car, actually. I'm ready for springtime. Get it back on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, too, like, automatic drivers will never admit that they kind of wish they drove stick. Yeah, I feel like they just feel like we look down their nose because they wish they knew how. Maybe I'm just jealous. <laughs> this is a really vulnerable moment for me. <laughs> I think I have to learn how to drive stick, guys. I'll teach you. Okay, right. thank you. Next question. What are your Enneagram numbers? Ooh, I, love I am a huge fan of the Enneagram. So whoever asked this... Thank you. My, well, <laughs> I love the Enneagram, but I actually don't know what my number is. You kind of have two, don't you? Yeah. Last year, so I was part of a gap year program last year. It was called Act 5. Little plug for Act <laughs> 5 by Redeemer. Um, and we did a whole day, actually two days, dedicated to the Enneagram. I hadn't really looked into it much before this, but we had this Enneagram like teacher expert. Mm-hmm. counselor lady and she came in she was super sweet and she came in and explained she took a whole day and explained every single number to us so the way I came across the Enneagram was not by like an online test but a real right self-discovery day and you like think through them all and think how you react and hmm. I am a huge fan of the Enneagram <laughs> lots of personality tests can sometimes be stressful because they like put you in a box or whatever but it's not supposed to be like that it's a tool Yes, when you use it as a tool, it's a good thing. But anyways, we don't have to go on to the whole... The question is, what ...in-depth Enneagrams. <laughs> um, I'm a two, so that's the helper. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you? I am... I haven't fully landed on one, but I'm a four, which is the romantic, I think. I think so. And the, um, a nine is my other one that I keep thinking through which is the peacemaker right nice yeah next question how does the church show unity during these divisive times whoo that's a whole nother podcast as well yes um it's hard it is hard i i don't want to i don't want to answer this in like a cliche kind of like band-aid answer but also we don't we're not going to get all into it I would say like it sounds cliche but I would say the first step is to always remember that like Jesus is the head of the church ultimately and he already has the victory and he had already is working all of history towards his plan so that doesn't what I that doesn't mean that you can't have disagreements and you can't work stuff out and you can't like whatever of course that's never meant to be to be used as a shutdown to conversation but it should be the foundation of conversations especially around stuff we disagree with mm-hmm. where 
it's I think it's really easy, especially during divisive times, to sort of like put the weight of the church's outcome on our own shoulders. And then I think that's sometimes why we can become mm-hmm. so upset with people who disagree because we actually feel like we're being threatened in our responsibility to keep the church alive. Yes. And that is not ultimately our responsibility. It is in some degree, like Jesus says, you are my church, you, you know, we work for God and God works through us. We work for a common purpose. Yes, but it is not ultimately our responsibility to keep the church where it needs to be. That's mm-hmm. Jesus's job and he promises to do it. And mm-hmm. he already has won the battle. So I think that keeping that in mind in the forefront of all our conversations around what do we do next? How do we do this? How do we do this well? What are the different perspectives on this? I just think having that, you have all those conversations for sure, but reminding yourself of of where the church has already, what God has already promised and is already doing and reminding us of our own role and that's not to save the church. That's good. I don't think I have anything to add. Yeah, mm-hmm. practically, I think, um, watch your tone, Yes. <laughs> message people privately, don't take to the comment section all the time, um, and have real conversations with people that you want to hear from them, and not just that you want to tell them what you think. Yes. Both are good, but those would be my practical tips in this five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to ask you the next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you evangelize during lockdown? <sighs> That's another one. Like, many people have written articles and things about this, so I'm not the expert. But probably I would say people right now need to have lots... People are begging for hope right now and begging mm-hmm. for... People want to know that this is all for a purpose or that it has mm-hmm. a reason. They want to they want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, people and people want to know that like this is going to turn out okay. Mm-hmm. People are primed to be in touch with the part of them that feels that they actually don't know why this world is mm-hmm. is. So, I think starting there love like yeah, get I, I think it's a lot of the same things. Like, my advice for how to evangelize in general applies to the same. Like, be unashamed of your Christian walk, get to know your neighbors, and um, pray that God would give you opportunities. I think those things still apply in lockdown. Mm -hmm. Don't be ashamed of your Christian walk, get to know your neighbors. Like, you can do that in lots of lockdown friendly ways still. It just, you just, it may take a little more effort. Mm-hmm. and pray that God would give you opportunities to share. And also, I think, use your social media. Yes. Because social media, people are at home on their phones. People are always checking social media for, like, headlines and updates and whatever. And if you can be another voice that's saying, like, here's the good news, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many followers you have because you still have influence. Yeah. Like I was listening to something the other day and it's like, I don't care if you have two followers and one of them is your mom. Like you have influence on that one other person and people are going to see it. Yep. 
So totally. that's encouraging. Yeah, cool question. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as though that I'm the expert on that one, but I appreciate the question. It's no, I think that was, that was helpful. Thoughts on Christian dating and how to implement it is the next question. Woo! That's good. That's a huge topic. That is a huge topic. Oh, it's a great one. I, we're, I'm actually pretty passionate about that one. But, mm-hmm. teaser alert, <laughs> I think what we're going to do with that one is save it for a future episode. And, and then we can then, dedicate the whole the whole conversation to yes. Christian dating, purity, um, breakups, breakups, what to look for, all the things, toxic signs, and anything and everything. So stay tuned. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. It is it's in the plans. Okay. Next question: Lockdown hobbies? Question mark. Lockdown hobbies are so fun. Mm-hmm. Currently, I don't have a ton because I've been working 12-hour days, so I don't have much time for hobbies. But I would say the first one is when I really, I saw a really funny, a really funny movie the day. And it was like, first lockdown and someone's playing like happily on the piano. And then <laughs> second lockdown is this picture of like Cruella DeVille and she's like scowling. <laughs> um, the lockdown, lockdown blues. Yes. Lockdown hobbies. I'd say my big ones are... Actually, the first one, I was cooking a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of these are kind of cliche. Who cares? I was cooking. I actually started working out a bunch. I read some books, which I hadn't done in a while. Like, actually just sit down and read. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> um, going for walks occasionally. Yeah. Me and you have wanted to try sewing. Yeah, but, but we never really got done around that. to it. I'm not usually like a crafty person, so this I is am. big. Justine sure. is always like, you should learn how to knit and look what the socks that I made. And I'm like, I can't. I don't I'm like, like a, crafts. I'm literally a grandma in my heart. Like, <laughs> I make my tea and I get all my knitting and I like no. put on my cozy slippers and yeah. I'm not like that. I'm but a little bit of an old lady. You can talk about your old lady hobbies. Well, actually, <laughs> the funnest thing that I've done during lockdown, I've done this twice now um, for both lockdowns, is that I, uh, a friend and I made a lockdown challenge oh you did that again of, I, yeah so the first time i did it with um one of my friends and then the, this last lockdown we did it with a, some family friends of ours who have younger kids oh, right. and it was so fun so we made all these just like wacky challenges like some of them were really fun like um you know like bake a new recipe or um or learn memorize a verse of scripture or something like that but then some of them were like totally crazy <laughs> um I'm trying to think of some one was like hug a tree for five minutes <laughs> or make a mud mask out of actual mud or Ew. like make up a dance routine to a Taylor oh, Swift song I, oh, I helped you Jamie with that, and one. I did that one that was so fun. and it's been really fun and um it helps to just not take life too seriously especially during a lockdown because mm-hmm. it's easy to just kind of be like this so that was a head. really fun way to do it. And then, yeah, both times we made it like a contest of who could do more by the time the lockdown was done. That's so fun. And it was really fun. Would recommend. If you want to uh, see some more examples, hit me up. <laughs> you can make a lockdown challenge. At the art of dot podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. How do I keep high standards without being perfectionist? <laughs> oh, honey, you've come to the wrong girl. <laughs> standards without being perfectionist yeah that's hard that's something that I definitely 
um, struggle with and always have. I think I came out the womb <laughs> struggling with that one. <laughs> something that I, I sorry, yeah, go ahead. Something that I heard my dad told me, which I find really helpful. He has my dad's full of these little phrases that are mm-hmm. just so helpful, and one of them was, um, "Keep your standards high and your expectations, expectations low. low." And so, what that means is. You always keep, you can have your standards high. You can strive for excellence. That's not a bad thing. Especially, I think when my dad actually told me this was in the context of dating. Like, you you keep your standards high. You say, like, no, this is how I'm going to be treated. Or this is what I want in a future spouse or whatever. But this applies to so many things. This is how well I want to do on this task. Or this is what kind of a friend I want to be. Those are all really good. But I think what happens when we inevitably don't always live up to our own standards or to other people's is that we all of a sudden, we feel disappointment about that, but then on top of that, we feel this like, oh, how could this happen? Like, I should have been able to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, that's where keeping your expectations low actually makes you more productive towards your high standards because you're not always battling against this feeling that like you should have, could have, would have. like. Yeah. Like, you if just you fail, then it's that much more big of a deal, kind of. Yeah, because you expected that everything would just be perfect the first try, or you expected that everything mm-hmm. would be perfect without any effort. or mm-hmm. And when you keep those expectations low, you can still stick to what you what you say. So I'm trying to think of a good example, because those words are kind of tricky. Like, like I'm trying to think of, um, so in a relationship... You have a high standard of how you're going to be treated. So you want to be cherished. You're going to be loved. You're going to be um, seen as someone special. Those are good standards. Mm -hmm. But if you're constantly expecting that your partner will always know exactly how to communicate that Mm -hmm. to you, or you are always expecting that your partner will never, ever have a day where they're grumpy towards you, or you're expecting that they'll always be able to know how to read your brain, You'll always be disappointed, and then what you might be tempted to do is lower your standard. But what you shouldn't do is lower your standard. You should lower your expectation Yes. so that you're not surprised, where you can be like, oh, right, you're a human. I'm a human. Okay, I'm not surprised. I expected that. And then you can sit down and have a conversation and say, I'm still sticking with my standard. I still want you to treat me well. Let's have a conversation about how we can do that better without having this crushing, like, oh, no, how can this happen kind of feeling. And I think that ter- that feeling is what makes perfectionists like ah because you're you're expecting something that's not realistic. Amen, sister. That was thanks, good. Thanks, pop. <laughs> that was really that's good. That's my general advice. But call me. We can talk. Yes. <laughs> that's really good. Next question is favorite or fave place that you've traveled together. The desert. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We are big desert girls. The American Southwest, baby. There's nothing like it, truly. Arizona, Utah, Nevada. California, like desert. That whole whole thing. Yeah, Arizona, Utah. Mm. I will move there. Let's (laughs) go. Yeah, I would not even have to think about it. Yeah. Definitely the desert. How did you come up with the idea for the podcast? Oh, this is a fun story. Oh, yes. The origin story. Yeah, this is actually probably (laughs) a year ago. Almost exactly a year ago. Almost. In a few months. Yeah, it was last spring. It originated in the good old greenhouse. (laughs) Yep. We were both working 
um, at a greenhouse for the spring when lockdown had first started. And we were working long hours, 15-hour mm-hmm. days. We love them. And I think it was one evening around like 7 o'clock. And we were both... How did it start? We were talking about all the people that we had in our lives that we were like, whoa. Like, oh, I wish everyone could meet this person. Or like... Yeah, I think we said... We were telling a story about somebody. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, like I wish... Like, isn't it crazy that we got get to have this person in our life? And then we were kind of yeah. like, we actually have a lot of those people... And, and then, then that sort of just went. snowballed into this whole, like, oh, and, and this person. Yes. How are we so lucky to know this person? Yeah. And then just sort of being like, whoa, like, we've been super blessed by really wise voices that speak into our mm-hmm. life. And often. mentors and friends. Yeah. And so it kind of just, I think, I think you were the one who said, like, we could start a podcast. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and then we were both like, wait a second. That would be actually a sweet way that everyone could kind of hear their input or like we could ask them about yeah and then that sort of translated into we were talking about like oh like how would we limit it like Mm -hmm. what would our thing be and then we sort of were like reflecting on like if you listen to our first episode our dad always talks about living artfully and we were like whoa like all these people are people that live artfully in different Mm -hmm. ways so we were like man it would be so cool to just kind of like get them each to talk about their area of expertise and then I remember we were like working and we kept being like so-and-so the art of so-and-so and so-and-so the art of so-and-so and we were just like listing them all off and we we're like we have to write this down we have to yeah and it was we were a total, like super passionate total all of a sudden inspiration moment we we're like wait are we actually this is a great idea it wasn't yeah. one of those ideas where we we're like oh that'd be cool but like we'd never actually put in the work or like oh it's fun to think about but I don't know if it's very realistic we're like this is this could happen yeah, and totally. we could make this happen. And I remember we drove home from work that night, and we like prayed in the car. Yeah, we were like, if this happens, please bless us. We will, we will, yeah. like, we want to do this. Yeah, and then here we are. <laughs> yeah, and then I think we we did a lot of planning even that night. Yeah. Like we stayed up way too late and like <laughs> put it all on paper. And then I remember we prayed about it kind of all throughout that summer and planned and mm-hmm. got a few interviews ready. And then yeah, then September to start mm-hmm. which was cool because even the fact that that came idea came from out of the greenhouse was kind of like artful in a way because it's kind of like an open a place where we were like nah, greenhouse but then we were like no like this is um we're thankful to have jobs like we yeah. can do greenhouse work artfully yes and then it which was is like, kind of the whole point whoa of this we podcast. have this cool idea yeah that was really like special. whatever you're doing yeah cool cool question Okay, next question. Do you have any more stickers? Yeah, from the giveaway. So we totally do have stickers. Absolutely. $2, baby. Yeah, we'll put them up on the uh, Instagram because clearly people are interested. (laughs) Merch. And we will mail it to you or something. Thanks for asking. Cool. Okay, this one's a little bit more serious. Um, it says, how to deal with unexpected loss or change of plans. I'm assuming this is related a little bit to COVID as well. Mm. Change of plans, at least. Unexpected loss. I mean, we've all been struggling with that one for a a while now. Mm -hmm. We have a great podcast episode for you. We do. (laughs) So we did an interview with Thelma Heis back in December, and she talked a lot about that. Probably she can answer this question a lot better than we can just Mm -hmm. here. But yeah, some common things like allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to realize that um, that those things were important to you, Mm -hmm. 
and then ultimately, yeah, like God brings hope, but not um, in a way that disqualifies your grief, right? Yes. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I think one of her one of the lines that really stuck with me from Thelma, she said, "As long as it mattered or matters to you, um, it's okay to grieve that for as long. It could be months, it could be years." But as long as it matters... Yeah, as long as it's important. As long as it was important or is important to you, you do not have to feel any guilt for grieving that. So that really stuck with me. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. We're getting near the end. We're almost done here. <laughs> Last, next one is, um, what are your favorite devotionals? Oh, good. Mm -hmm. The one, I have a favorite one. It's called Streams in the Desert mm. by... Oh, dang. I feel like his last name is Bowman. Wait, really? Bowman? We'll look it up. I think we'll put all of these details, things we've referenced, um, yeah. like in a post on, on our Instagram. Instagram. We'll reference it. Yeah. But that one really spoke to me while going through like a hard, hard time. But another good one is um, New Morning Mercies. Yeah, I love that one. Is that Paul Tripp? Yeah. By Paul Tripp. Um, I'm working through... It's. I'm working through a book from Ruth Cho Simons called Truth Filled. It's a mm. study on 1 Corinthians, I think, which is really good. Um, yeah, there's lots of good devotionals out there. You, I think for when we choose one, we want it to be from someone who we know is really in the word and mm -hmm. um, is really wants to like read God's word deeply and but if you have a devotional that's that jumps straight from a passage straight to like what this means for you in your life, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of like a yellow flag for me where it's like that's definitely part of it. But you first want to learn, you read the Bible to learn more about God, and um, for ultimately, and then about how think, God is in relation to you. Second. Yeah, I think when you learn about God, it's kind of like you can't help but learn about yourself as well. Yes, totally. Yeah. So last question, we've reached the last question. We did it. What is a song that makes you cry so hard or smile so big? <laughs> I love song questions. What is a song? Okay, let's start with what is a song that makes you cry? So many. <gasps> yeah. I love sad music. Why? Like songs that make me cry? I immediately because they, like it. they touch something <laughs> deep in your soul that words don't do the same okay so i heard this thought the other day um that music and lyrics especially is like language or speech um like amplified or like exemplified like made made more enhanced enhanced yeah i can't think of the exact word but just this idea that like what you can say in music can communicate even more meaning than oftentimes what we can just say with our words. Interesting. Um, I have a few that make me ball. One is um, Dear John oh. by Taylor Swift. Oh. Back in my like sad heartbreak like oh. teenager days, that one that is a still gets me yes. every time. Taylor Swift will do that. Also, Never on the Day You Leave oh, by John Mayer makes me ball. Also, um, High Hopes by Codeline. Codeline, yep. And I think, I'm trying to think, I, I know there's one more that always, always gets me. 
there are some, there's one or two like Christian songs that make me ball in like a really joyful way. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's why like some of these songs that I'm thinking of fit both because they're yeah. like, it just wrecks me, but in yeah. a good way. So my, my biggest one for that would be Is He Worthy mm. by Andrew Peterson. Yeah. And especially I sang it with my choir, um, I, don't, I don't even know how long, two years ago. And it was just, oh, I, I just was sitting, get chills. I was sitting in the audience with tears streaming down my Yeah, face. that one makes me just weep with, with joy and longing, I think. But Okay, I have another one. Okay. A song that makes me smile and cry at the same time. It's not a Christian song, but it's just got like that nostalgic vibe almost. Mm. I love the band Camino. It's called The Black and White by them. Mm. That's a really good one. Some other ones that make me cry. I just heard a song. Um, it's called "Lonely" by Noah Cyrus, and I listened to it at work. And I was like tearing up at work. Oh, no. This is not good. Um, "Human" um, the acoustic version by John Bellion. So sad. Is that how you say his last name? I don't know. That'll be all. Correct us, people. Okay, I have one more sad one. Okay. Um, nothing by the the Bros Landris. Mm. Makes me weep. It we does. do lots of weeping. It truly does. <laughs> no, it's not even funny. Mm. Okay, let's go. To, let's move to happy. We have to end on a happy note. Let's keep it to one. Yes, <laughs> we can just go on and on. Okay. Mm, what's your happy happy song? My happy song. One of them, anyway. One. Of, there are many. I think I'm gonna choose Tell Her About It by Billy Joel. Oh yes! Billy it's just Billy it's is so my fun. Fave. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I a really great love one. that one. Tell her about it. <laughs> yeah, love it. I would I mine is um say hey, I love you. Oh um I don't actually know how to really say these people's names. Michael Franti and Spearhead. So good. That's Shine. one of me and my friends like songs. Yeah. Anderson. I listen to that all the time. It's last so year. fun. We actually we started off our dance at our wedding with this one and just like got yes. everybody out there and it will all it always makes me smile. It's, it's so, fun. so fun. <laughs> nice. Okay. That was our last question. So thank you to everyone who did send them in. I this was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. This was a little bit of a less formal episode. It's um, more like the art of sister and get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> the art of getting to know us. But that was just like that. <laughs> that was just a little little bit about us, a little bit, a little some good <laughs> We are starting over. Redo the whole episode. Okay. Anyways, what were you trying to say? I was trying to say this was um little advice session. Thanks for trusting us with some of these questions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we want to thank you again for listening. Thank you to everyone who is sharing it, whether with their yes. friends or on Instagram. So cool. It's so cool, like, going to someone's house or, like, meeting people and, like, oh, I've heard your podcast. Like, great stuff. Keep it up. Like, just little things like that means the world. And so we will see you next month with our next guest. Yes. See you Thanks then. Thanks for listening.